I always find in this space, there's always something from the childhood, you know, tinkering with toys or opening things up and messing around with them. Are you in that same boat? There's two things that move people typically. It's either music or movies. And for me, it definitely was on the music side. And at the age of three, my dad almost killed me because I had taken all of his albums. He was a big album collector. And I had taken all his albums. I'd taken them all out of the sleeves, the jackets, laid them all across the floor. And he woke up at eight in the morning to me dancing on top of his albums. He said, he came downstairs and he looked at me and just went, does he make his fourth birthday? Welcome into the Independent Thinking Podcast. This is your host, Rob Stott. You know, technology integrators, custom integrators, uh, go by various names. You know, they they are just a different breed. Um, whenever you get talking to a technology integrator, um, you know, it, it's just clear that what they do is more than just a job. It is a passion, a passion that was born out of you know something in their upbringing that introduced them to technology. To you know, whether it's on the audio side with music, a love for music or entertainment, a love for movies. Um, you know, we all kind of have those passions, but integrators, that passion gets taken to another level when, when they can work with, you know, customers to, uh, to, or clients to really improve on and perfect that experience in their homes. They're basically, it's a way of them, a way for them to share that passion with their clients. And, uh, it really comes through in the work they do. And that's no different for Sound Designs, uh, a company based out of Mequon, Wisconsin, and more specifically with Brian Kotsky. Uh, who is the uh, president and co-owner up there at, at Sound Designs, and a guy that um, you know, I, him and I go back to his Control Four days. Uh, a lot of people might know him from there. He, he's been a, a, around different parts of the industry, but more recently with Sound Designs, and uh, has really done a lot of work to, to implement new strategies and and bring a, a whole different uh, way of thinking to to Sound Designs and, and kind of what they do. And um, we talk about it, you know, that's, that's what we, we got going on here on the independent thinking podcast today is, uh, just talking about how Brian has, you know, brought to the table so many different ways of thinking, whether it's from a digital aspect to, uh, you know, growing the team to just new, talking about new technologies and, and how things have evolved, you know, since his early days in the industry. So, um, always great to catch up, you know, with Brian, with any integrator, really, uh, any retailer in this space and, you know, see how they're adapting to the times and, and what's, uh, what's sort of working for them. So, um, I, I don't want to waste any more time because this is a, a great conversation, one that I've been looking forward to having with Brian and, you know, talking about uh, him and, and what he's been able to pull out of his relationship with HTSN. So just go ahead and, and dive into it. This is Brian Kotsky, the president and co-owner of Sound Designs. All right, we are back on the Independent Thinking Podcast, and uh, you know I've been been looking forward to this one for a while because you know for all the members I talk to, Brian, uh, I I don't I think you might be the first HTSN member. Uh, so this is this is kind of cool for me and you. I, I'll say that too. I'll, I'll give you that that distinction. That is cool for you too. But no, I, I appreciate you uh, taking the time, Brian Kotsky, the president and co-owner of Sound Designs up there in Mequon, Wisconsin. Uh, appreciate you calling in and, and checking in for the podcast here today. Absolutely, my pleasure, Rob. Yeah, not not you know excited to have you. So let's uh, before we dive into the business and sound designs and everything, tell us a little bit about yourself and, and your background and, and entry into the business. That's interesting now, my career has come full circle. Um, so I started 
back in the early 90s, 30 years ago, ironically, the same year that Sound Designs was founded by the partner and his wife. And I started in retail slash what was quasi-custom business that was a large retailer here um, in Wisconsin. And my career kind of went from there into being a manufacturer's rep and then working directly for a couple of manufacturers in 14 years at Control 4, obviously, where we met um, yep. at a group show. Uh, ironically, and um, and I was presented with an opportunity to come in and be president and co-owner and kind of carry the torch for my partner as he's looking at you know, potentially retiring soon. Um, and I found it to be a tremendous opportunity. I always thought maybe I should do it. Maybe I should get back into the custom business. And the opportunity really was um, something that when I sat down and thought about it, what do I miss? You know, I kind of weigh the pros and cons and and the pros were that I missed the customer interaction, I missed that last, you know, five yards, if you will, and uh, putting it across the end zone and, and customers smiling and saying, wow, we love it. And knowing sound designers for 30 years, they've had a great history with customers and um, they've got a really good customer base and it's a large referral. And to be in business for 30 years, it's said something. So, no, that's awesome. And, and, one of the, uh, you know, I want to go back even further because I always find in this space, when I talk to the guys that are in this integration space, there's always something from the childhood, you know, tinkering with toys or opening things up and messing around with them that, that really got them, you know, interested in, you don't realize that it, could, it started more as a hobby than, and a career. Is that, is that the same for you? Can you kind of, are you in that same boat? It's funny you bring that up because I, I thought whether or not to add this in, into our conversation and the fact that you naturally went there. <laughs> um, for me, it was when I was three years old. So my mom and dad, my, my mom was a Motown gal. My dad was a rock and roller. And, you know, in our industry, there's two things that move people typically. It's either music or movies. And for yep. me, that's what was on the music side. And at the age of three, um, my dad almost killed me because I had taken all of his albums. He was a big album collector. And I had taken all his albums. I would taken them all out of the sleeves, the jackets, laid them all across the floor. And he woke up at eight in the morning to me dancing on top of his albums. Oh no, my, oh no. <laughs> yeah. I could just and, imagine. And he, he said, he came downstairs and he looked at me and just went, does he make his fourth birthday? Or is this where he's headed? And so for my mom and dad, if you ask them, they'll say, we knew at the age of three or four that we were going to do something in music or entertainment or, or something. Um, so that's where it started for me. No, that's awesome. And then it obviously it kind of always snowballs and, um, you, you know, you dive deeper into it. It just, it's cool to hear those kind of origin stories of how you, you said it, like, so it always starts at those early ages in one way or another. And, um, it, that's, what's I think so incredible about this industry is that for most of the people, a majority, uh, you know, I, I'm not going to put an exact percentage on it, but it always feels like it, it's a hobby or passion for them. So you, you kind of, you find people that are more you know, it's not, it's a career, but it's not sort of like the, the defined career that, um, yeah. you, you know, you'd see across most other professions. So it's something they care about and it always shows through in the work that they do. And, uh, that kind of takes us to sound design and kind of what you get to do today, because as you mentioned, you've, you've kind of been in different parts of the industry. So what, you know, starting there, what does that other experience kind of bring to the table for you now at sound designs as a, a president and co-owner? Well, I think, I mean, when I was talking with Jack about originally coming on board, it was, it was really about structure. Um, you know, Sound Design's in 91, 
uh, is really a two-channel audio company, um, high-end speakers, turntable. Um, I sold them a lot of stuff when I was a rep um, on Krell and Parasound. And, you know, some of the brands that you know, back in the day were um, top brands in our industry. Some of them are gone today, like Stella Acoustics and some others. Um, and so really the, the passion of sound design is what I was brought up to do is put structure to the organization. Um, in 91, they were really fly by the seat of their pants, hang on because things were great. Um, and I brought a lot of structure from my manufacturing days at the big company, Control 4, um, et cetera. And it, that's really what we wanted to see. And so we've done a lot of things that we'll talk about, I'm sure, you know, yeah. in the next couple of minutes. But um, sound design is really formulated around the high-end experience. And that's really where I love to be. No, that, that's awesome. So kind of boiling it down, you're, you're starting to tell it there. But what is that that elevator pitch on sound designs today? So sound designs, it started in 91, right? So first and foremost, um, I think that's a huge compliment because 30 years in the business of a small integrator doesn't happen very often, right? There's a bunch of them that are out there, but if you look at the, the whole scope, it doesn't happen. Um, so our elevator pitch is really about making sure that our clients' needs are met. Um, we try to pick out the things that they like to do in their lives to make their technology simpler for them. What started as a high-end, two-channel um, audio system back in the day has now morphed into you know, home control and um whole house audio, outdoor entertainment, we're um, even getting involved in pool controls and stuff. So our elevator pitch really is um, to make sure that the client, if we look at the application, every application is different, um, and we make sure that we have the needs. And we're not like a, a lot of uh, people out there that, you know, they can get tons of products from tons of manufacturers. We focus on specific manufacturers. And my, my saying to everybody in the company is, we're very important to a few manufacturers, but not just a dealer for a bunch of manufacturers. And that helps us in our ability to be efficient in our installing systems. It helps us from our, our technology and understanding what the customer has in their system. And really it's about the customer service. We're not for a business. And um, if we do the things right for customers, by and large, they're going to continue to come back to us and refer us. And that's where our business thrives. No, that's awesome. And, and, you know, thinking on the product side, is that, you know, you mentioned it started as just that the two channel sort of company, is that really the bread and butter still, or is there other areas? What, what would you kind of define as that, that sweet spot for sound designs? The company has changed. Um, the business has changed, right? The, the idea of large speakers sitting in a room to listen to an album, um, it, it hasn't really continued on. Um, as things have gotten smarter and, and solutions from big speakers have gone in wall, some of those solutions, um, like the JL sub in the wall or something like that, you get really good sound out of in wall technology. So the technology has changed. Um, you don't need the large speakers. However, we still do quite a bit of you know, large two channel listening room. Um, it doesn't start there today, though. It starts with, hey, I, I want entertainment in my home. And then, like I said earlier, if there's an application for it, and the customer's passionate about it, then we'll present for you to be able to do that. Well, that kind of lends itself nicely to uh, you know something else we were going to talk about, which I know um, you can't. I feel like you can't have a conversation with someone today without talking about their business and how the last year has impacted them. Mm -hmm. 
you know, th- did you notice a lot of, you know, customers coming to you? Was that the crux of over the, the course of the past year when you had projects come your way? Was it people just wanting to improve that, that in-home experience and, and just um, that sort of thing? Yeah, I, I think from, uh, there's probably two parts to it, Rob. Um, you know, one part is uh, over the last year and a half of the pandemic, nobody's been traveling. And just like we saw in 2008, when nobody was traveling, the people that still had some money you know, that were disposable money spent it on their house. Um, you know, they may not have taken a trip to Mexico or the Caribbean, um, but they dumped it into their house. The other part of it, and the second side of it, is um, people had to learn to adapt themselves, right? They, I think we always talk about internet and we talk about how you know, the standard cable modem or standard cable router isn't good enough in your home, et cetera. And I don't think that was felt any greater than this last year and a half of pandemic when everybody's at home and they're trying to do Zoom call meetings and they're trying to you know, stream video and stream audio. And the entire family's home at one time. And not only is the entire family home, but the neighbors are home. And so the pipeline um, became essential for us to be able to maximize the network. And um, we got one of our guys to control post PCMA certification class. Um, we did a lot of training and doubled down on and making sure our guys were certified in, in the different lines of products that we carried. Um, we also scaled back. We went from four network lines that we carried to two um, because we wanted to be efficient. We wanted to be accurate. We wanted to be able to inspect the system correctly. And um, we've been able to do that. The, the networking side of it has helped us get into audio and video and other things in the home. And so while the business changed, um, I think we adapted quickly to it. Um, we've, we've had a great last couple of years. Um, like a lot of other you know, dealers that I talked to across the industry, if they adapted, they're doing well. Um, yeah. And if they didn't, then they're struggling. Right? The, the ones that kind of went, oh boy, what do I do? The ones that are struggling. Um, we looked at it and said it's an opportunity for us to get back into the homes and make sure that internet infrastructure is good. No, that's awesome. And and you know, to your point, a lot of businesses, um, you know, the, as you look at the last year, and, and certainly there were areas. I mean, you can't, you know, think that everything was positive. There was a lot of challenges and struggles uh, across so many industries. But this this in home space, the the from whether it's custom install to I know. You know, you look at uh, events that we've attended over the past year, virtually, of course, like NKBA and hearing about just the the boom in the in-home market and, and renovations and stuff like that. Um, kind of a crazy how the opportunity presented itself for, for uh, you know, designers and architects and obviously integrators as well. Um, do you kind of see any of those, those changes being sort of long-lasting? Like, has it completely... Adapt, you know, have you had to completely adapt to where you won't go back to the way it was before? So, yes, um, I think they are. I think um, a big part of that is customers have gotten smarter. Um, you know, I'd like to say, you know, we were the ones that kind of drove it from our side, but our customers understood, you know, you always talk about that router situation of, you know, is the you know, Spectrum router, is the Comcast, or whoever you have. Is that good enough for me? And I think this last year and a half, it taught a lot of people that it's not good enough. Um, and I need to hire a technology advisor to be able to spec this out for me. 
Um, we've had a long history of, like I said, referral business, and we're treating our customers right. They're going to come back to us. And so they thought of us um, for that technology. Uh, I think it's long lasting. I think the challenge that we face now, um, and part of the reason why we consolidated some manufacturing lines was that product shortages. Um, you know, I had a customer just tell me this last week. He said, you know, as a business here locally, and he said, you know, Brian, the, the issue that we face is that right now there's, you know, 60% capacity on the workforce or 70%, whatever that number is. Um, once you get to 100% again, the manufacturing side of it will ramp back up, but that may not happen for a while. Yeah. And so um, we've been challenging. We've been great with our manufacturers. They've been great with us about communication. And um, I just designed the system for a customer yesterday. One of the questions he asked me was, is everything ready? And <laughs> we've been getting smarter about doing that and you know, making sure that products are available before we spec them. Um, because otherwise the lead times are ridiculous right now. Yeah. And to, you know, the, about the availability, have you noticed it come in ebbs and flows or is it getting better? Because I know, you know, anyone following this space, they know, obviously it's not just the manufacturing of the product itself, but also availability of chips that are, uh, you know, causing a lot of lead times and, and, and that sort of thing. So has it gotten better at all, or are you still sort of having to navigate some uncertain waters? There's some areas Rob, that, that have gotten better. Um, it, a lot of cases, it hasn't gotten better. Um, you know, we're doing a lot, um, as I talked to you last week about this, we're, we're busy and yeah. we're, we're doing a lot of, um, piecemeal, right? Our guys are, are even though we have product shortages, our guys aren't short on the top. You know, they're right. still working 45, 50 hours a week and they're really working around. Like we might have to send somebody out twice to a customer's home before we would do it once. Um, but that's the nature that we're in today. Uh, it's, it's part of the, part of the business. You got to learn to do it. Um, hopefully then we can get better efficiency and the product and do an entire job at one time. But right now it's kind of peaceful. Yeah. So on that, you know, the surging demand, um, you know, you guys uh, talk about how, you, you know, you've taken on a, a large amount of projects for, you know, from what we were talking about <laughs> to a point, you know, I mean, what's it like managing all of that? Um, and, you know, do you, is it, is that slowing down at all? Or do you see more customer demand right now? What's the, the, the business side of it for you guys like right now? Business is hot. Um, it's really hot. And, and that's a good thing. You know, we, we, um, we lost a couple of competitors in our market space during the pandemic. Um, and we picked up some of that business and, uh, juggling it has been tough. Um, but they had a great team and got pretty good scheduling of, of all of the jobs. Um, but we're slammed and it, it's tough. It's not an easy thing, but you know, I love, I love the 7.30 in the morning until 9.30, 10 o'clock at night hours right now. Um, that's what it takes, you know, getting, you know, getting proposals out. Uh, even though we have a ton of jobs that are out there, we're getting more people coming to us and wanting to do business with us. And so um, sound design's philosophy has always been, you know, if you have a customer that wants to do business with you, do it. And that, it that's an, I mentioned earlier that you're high in two-channel shop. You know, we take jobs for under a thousand bucks and you know, we go as high as, as the customer needs to go. Um, so 
who we're working and go visit. It's great. Yeah, no, that's that's obviously a good problem to have, right? Um, you know, rather than not being busy at all. And I kind of, you know, we, we had talked about it before as well. Um, you know, is, is the influx in projects, um, something that, that you're looking to, I mean, I mean, does it lead itself to you guys expanding as a company, growing as a company and, and those, those types of things? Yeah, absolutely. We're, um, you know, we're a small shop right now. It's eight people total in the organization. Um, and we are looking to expand. Um, it's one of the things that's kind of, as I, as I came into the company, laid out kind of that roadmap for expansion. Um, but I have to keep my guys busy. I have to make sure that, you know, it's that delicate balance of how many hours is too often, too many hours for the team. Um, and if I bring somebody on as a business owner, I, I'm responsible to make sure that we got enough work for them to do. And so, yeah, we're, we're looking to expand. We probably need some salespeople installers and um, eventually you know as business forms we get to that maximum capacity we expect and uh you know bringing in a little bit of nationwide here too i know we had talked about how um you know some of the new offerings i you know how the locked in program as an example uh the, the health insurance how big of a, a benefit to you is that right now you know as you are looking to expand you know what kind of opportunities does that present to you that maybe you wouldn't have had well if, if yes our account manager Scott from Nationwide, or yes, Hank, um, <laughs> it, it was day one decision on on part of joining the mind group. I saw the direction. Um, Hank kind of laid everything out for us. I saw the direction that you know they were looking to get into health insurance and stuff. In order to hire, um, you know, on your last question, expanding, I want to hire the right people. I don't want to hire just a warm body. Um, and in order to hire the right people and look at this not just as a job but a career opportunity for them. Um, you need health benefits, you need health insurance. And as a small business owner, that's tough to do. Um, you know, oftentimes the, the programs are all over the place on uh, what we offer. And as an owner, it's a tough move as far as putting a benefit package together. Locked in kind of brought all that together. I saw the opportunity for it. Um, and to be able to roll that, ironically, July 1, um, yeah. we're working on finalizing our details. And uh, we look forward to being able to have full health benefits. Our employees and then be able to go out and help recruit expand the company as well. What, uh, you know, you mentioned the, the timing is perfect um, to, to be talking about this. What has the lead up been like to, you know, getting it up up and running and, and ready to launch, you know, to, to start being able to offer? It's been about communication. Um, so, you know, from day one with me, with my partner, um, I kind of laid out what we have currently for every employee. Um, looked at the opportunity that Lockton presented. It saved our company some money overall um, versus what we were paying, which was a huge benefit for us. Um, the communications went great. Scott, Scott's been great from uh, HDSN. Um, Hank's been great as well in trying to kind of line this up. And the first couple of calls with Lockton have gone really well. Um, we've got all the planning stuff in place. It's just a matter of you know, us writing our own policy and procedure, which goes back to my structure question yeah. to answer earlier. Um, and we're building that out. I hope to have it available by the 15th of employees. And then that'll allow us to look at expand. No, that's awesome. And, and you know, kind of following it up with uh, the, the other side of, you know, there, there's obviously the, the business services side. And then you guys, too. I know you're doing a lot, right? You, you mentioned, again, the structure, uh, adding it to, to sound designs and kind of what you're bringing to the table and, and dipping into Nationwide a little bit, too. You have a, a new website as well. Um, yeah. 
you know, that, that you can kind of talk about all this on. So talk to me about that, that digital arena, because I know, and you can know for, you can attest to this from the other side too. I'm sure looking at uh, other integrators websites and kind of what is out there or really the, the lack of, you know, strong websites that are out there. It's not a space that, you know, they, they really like to dabble in because I mean, to their credit, projects you want to show a client what you're capable of doing right and it's hard to really present that in a in a website form or just from a images can do not well they can't do justice if i'm being honest so you know what's it like diving into um you know building a website for sound designs and and you know what what's the opportunity there for you guys great question um another day one kind of map of what i wanted to do so um sound designs had a website um, it was just like you're talking about. It had some images on it. Um, it hadn't been updated in six years, and it, it was old. It was old too. Um, talking with, with nationwide and knowing that retail web services was part of the whole um, umbrella, I looked at it, and it, it wasn't what I envisioned for our company. Um, it was more client driven, if you will, and stuff like that. And so I started looking at others and looked at about 35, 40 different websites of people that I know in the industry, not in this market, you know, trying to just keep it, um, and looked at things I liked and then put my manufacturer hat back on and knew the creativity and the marketing assets and everything that were available from some of the key manufacturers that we do business with. And so we started talking about it, putting it together. And um, you know, for us, it was less about selling on the website. In fact, right now, we sell nothing on the website. Um, but when you look at customers and how do they get to you, technology has changed to where most customers do their research first. And you know, if I'm talking about a product, do I want them to research my website or do I want them to research another person's website and, and for me it was i want them on our website um and in fact so much so that in working with our company manager at retail web services um i told her that you know we got a brand page which we have a few now on the site that when you click on that brand page i don't want it to go to the brand manufacturer so that way they can go and find another dealer to go you know you know what i mean exactly and so um it was important that each brand stay within our page um, but it, it allows us, it, like you said, images don't really speak to the product in what it can do. Video of 30 to 45 seconds does. Um, so, for example, we're launching um, one of our brands on the website is Triad, and they have a great website for a video that just talks about the manufacturing process of them really being a wood shop out of Portland, Oregon, and there's a brand story. And so my vision for while the website's up now, it's going to move more towards brand stories, sound design stories. Um, you know, if I have a drone and I fly it around the project, for example, and give a good outdoor you know experience for the customer, um, it's differentiated. And most most dealers don't do it. And so we invested a lot of money into it. Um, we continue to invest money into it. Uh, the thing I love about the retail web services through HDSN is that the website is live all the time. So in other words, if Sony were to change their promotion for two weeks and lower the price of the television set, that price comes up on the website for those two weeks. 
I don't have to worry about it. As a business owner, I think one of the biggest reasons why people in small business don't have the websites in the industry is because it's very time-consuming. And so we hired somebody to basically stay on top of it for us. And I talk yeah. to them weekly, like send her updates every week. Um, and it's been great. We've had two projects all we hit off of it. So wow. I say it's working. It's only been up for three weeks. That's incredible. <laughs> I, I mean, that's that's awesome to hear um, you know, that you've, you've kind of been able to change the mindset on the website, you know, to, to your point about, um, you know, that customers are going to be online anyway. So if they're going to do their research, you want them to do their research with you. So you build that brand familiarity with them. Um, even if, you know, it's just your presence that like, you're not on there talking to them, but they're researching on your website, um, building, working on, on their own to build that sort of trust with you, even though they haven't necessarily been in a store or a showroom. Um, so what, I, I mean, this is maybe getting a little deep, but what, what did it take to kind of turn that? that way of thinking around, you know, for sound designs to get them to buy into, you know, the, the possibilities of the website and, and what it could do for you. So we, we talk a lot um, about kind of how do we drive business? What are our key drivers? Um, in 30 years, sound designs has not spent the dime on marketing directly to consumer. And so the business though has changed. People don't walk into the showroom they're not we have 6,000 square foot children. Um, so what do we do to drive people to us? It's really kind of what it comes down to. And if you're not doing marketing, spending the marketing dollars, and people aren't really walking into the showroom as much anymore, you have to have a way to touch them. And there, to me, there was no better way than the website because I have something that I can point them to. It's an on-signature of my email for every email that they can click on. Um, and it also helps me when I'm trying to get from designers and influencers and architects and things like that, that before they step foot in the showroom, they look at it. Um, lastly, it's about the differentiation. So one of the things I tell my guys all the time is vans must be clean. You never know if a customer's going to walk out of their garage and their van doors are open and you need a clean van. So I posted up on LinkedIn yesterday or day before a photo of one of the inside of our um, It goes back to my old uh, boss, my retail days back in the 90s, said, walk into the bathroom every day. If the bathroom's clean, it sets an example for how the shoulder should be. And so th it's that mentality. We drive people to the website with a new clean look, invites them to the store, gets them to call us. Um, I can sit in a customer's home. I can show videos off of our website. Um, to a customer, I don't have to go to the manufacturer page or you know, go to a different dealer page to show show something. You know, I have to go to YouTube that might have a logo of a different dealer. I stay within my own home, um, and it's really been beneficial. It's, it's kind of changed everything. My partner's been very good about um, just you know, go, go, go. And you know, you, you said you're the structure, you're the mind, go, um, and it's worked well. Oh, that's awesome. And we could have an entire other episode because you mentioned in there the the idea that, yeah, this is the customers that you're talking to, but it's also the the parallel verticals, uh, you know, the architects and designers that are looking at this as well. And um, I know we had, we're, like I said, we could have a whole other conversation about diving into that that space and the benefits there. But, uh, you know, what, what do you kind of envision? You, you talked about it a little bit, but dive, dive a little deeper into what the 
the potential moving forward is for the website? What do you, what do you want it to be eventually? If, you know, obviously it's something that you're always working on, but yeah. um, you know, in, in an ideal world, what, what is it that it's doing for you and your business? So when I look at it today, it's more of a start to an education process about what we do. Um, when I look at it um, three to six months from now, it's more of a um, brand story for not just sound designers, but for the important brands that we cover. Um, when I look at it going far farther out, it's going to be basically a portal. Like a lot of manufacturers have gone to a portal system. Uh, we'll go to a portal system for our customers. So um, on our website right now, there's an account page to it. There's nothing there. Um, but it's going to be a means for us to be able to take all manuals, streaming services, username, passwords, et cetera, and give the customer a unique username and password. That way, if they ever need anything to access for their account, they want to know how long warranties are, they want to know, um, you know what their username is for Pandora or whatever, um, it's there for them. They don't have to call us for it. They could call us by, you know, of course, but I want to make it easier for them. That way, they're going to our site more often, too. Um, that'll really drive referral business for us. No, that's awesome. I, cool way of thinking, too. Um, you're kind of making it that that one-stop shop for for everything for the customer because, I mean, that, you know, the more you can drive them, the more they're thinking about you, the the higher likelihood that they'll come back to you for more if they have projects down the road and, and things like that. So you're kind of building that that customer ecosystem for them, which is is awesome. Um, no, Brian, this is this was awesome. This is a great convo. And like I said, we could go on for hours. Maybe we have a part two planned up, uh, you know, here not not too long from now. But I know you're busy, so I, I don't want to take up too much more of your time. And uh, you know, just look forward to seeing you now. Following your business, following the website, how it grows, and and following you know your business as it grows as well. So uh, you know, best of luck to you, and look forward to connecting here in person before we know it. That's awesome. Thanks, Rob. I really appreciate it. Awesome. And a huge thank you again to Brian for taking time and, and chatting with us and uh, sharing a little bit about his passion for this space and, and uh, everything that he pours into his work there at Sound Designs. And, you know, like I said there uh, during the interview, it's always going to be interesting to follow, you know, how companies and uh, especially integrators can maximize the the return on investment with their website. So it'll be cool to see where they kind of take that uh, digital presence and, and what it becomes and, uh, you know, look forward to catching up again with him down the line. But uh, appreciate him taking the time and as always appreciate you listening to the independent thinking podcast and we will catch you next time. Music.